0: Hey Astros fans and people who just want to listen to an Astros podcast and come at you live from beautiful Hollywood, California for the first ever episode of Podcastros. Opening day is right around the corner, less than a week away. Can you feel it? I can feel it. I love baseball season. I know a lot of people, a lot of my fans, a lot of people who are gonna be listening are from Texas. I'm from Ohio originally. And like Texas, it's a big football state, but when I was younger, I got really into college football, but but now it's baseball. It's just, it's I, I can't get enough of it. And I'm very excited. This is my favorite time of year. Everyone starts with a clean slate. And on April 1st, our Astros will be there in Philadelphia. Then we go to Cincinnati, and then we come home. April 8th, home opener against Florida Marlins. So, What are we expecting this year? What are we looking for? Roy Oswalt, Lance Berkman, gone. That was the news of last year. Big news. The names in our programs are different. They're names that this time last year, most of you probably had never heard of. Probably didn't know who Brett Myers was. Or maybe you had an idea, but you didn't have a great idea who he was. J.A. Happ. Jason Castro. You might have heard some buzz about this young catcher. Brett Wallace, you almost surely didn't know who he was. Chris Johnson, if you followed our minor league system, you might have known who he was. Bill Hall, you knew from Milwaukee, you sure didn't know him as an Astro. Clint Barmas, you might have known. Even our manager, Brad Mills, you probably didn't know this time last year, or you barely knew him. And... Uh, so it's a new team. It's an exciting team. It's a team we're all, as fans, you know, still learning and you know, figuring out who do we like, who don't we like. Um, it's kind of exciting, I think. I think it's very exciting after, you know, we've had so many superstars. You know, the, the era of Nolan Ryan is gone. The era of Biddy Joe and Bagwell is, long, is gone. Uh, and now the era of Berkman and Oswald is history. And we got all these other people, and we got to figure out who's our favorite. We got a few names we know. We got Hunter Pence. We got Carlos Lee. We got Wandy Rodriguez, our little scrapper who we re signed this year. Bad deal, in my opinion. Not not important. And the news is now Jason Castro, as you know, is out probably for the season. That's not the big news. The big news Clint Barmas, broken bone in his left hand. We signed him this offseason to be our shortstop. He's gonna be out four to six weeks, and who is gonna be our shortstop now? Tommy Manzella? Nope, probably not. He, he's already been sent down. He's already been he's already left camp. She leaves a few names, most notably Matt Downs. Matt Downs has been uh, he's had a great spring. He could definitely fill in for four to six weeks for till Barmas is back. Angel Sanchez. Had a good, pretty good last year. He hit 280 through 57 games last year, playing shortstop. Probably going to be one of those guys. But you know, uh, whatever happens, you know these four to six weeks. And this is baseball; these four to six weeks. Well, what what is what is he missing? What is Clint Barmes missing? What are we doing without? What how important could these four to six weeks be? Without our opening lineup. Our opening day lineup will not include one of our starters. We're talking about 37-38 games in that six-week period, if if it goes six weeks. You can hear all the noise outside. We're talking about three games at Philadelphia. Three games at home against Florida. Four games at home against the Padres. Three games at home against the Mets. So that's what? That's... uh, Three, six, like 13 games. That's 13 games against Philly, Florida, Padres, and uh, and the New York Mets. The rest are all division games. 24 division games. That's a lot of games. We're at Cincinnati for three. We're home against the Cubs for three we're at the brewers for 3 we're home against the cardinals home against the brewers home against i'm sorry back at back at cincinnati back at pittsburgh and then cincinnati at our place it's 24 games that we won't have our starting shortstop 24 division games so we need a guy you know shortstop is not a position that the astros even when Tejada was here, we didn't really ever get a lot of power from the shortstop spot. We're used to having names like uh, like Adam Everett. You know, I mean, let's be honest. We're used to having Tim Bogar. We're used to having those guys at shortstop. And Tejada was always frustrating. You know he was. And even when he was good, he wasn't worth what he was getting. He wasn't worth the five guys we gave up to get him. But the nice thing is... Farmers doesn't fit into this youth movement. He's just a guy we brought in. And there's no pressure to see who the shortstop of the future is going to be this year. We got a couple guys in the minor leagues that are among our top prospects. That doesn't necessarily make them top prospects. We got Giovanni Meyer. I took him 21st overall in 2009, first round started off well in Greenville uh, in 2009 he had 380 on base 864 OPS but then last year he moved up to Lexington and you know Lexington is not uh, it's not you know you don't you don't, you're not facing a lot of world beaters in the in the Sally League but he just he had a 323 on base percentage it dropped from 380 to 323. And his OPS, which was 864 and 09, dropped to 637 in Lexington in 2010. It's a 227-point drop. A lot of guys still like Meyer. They still think that he's viable as a prospect. I'm concerned about him. But when we traded Oswald to the Phillies, we got a young man named Jonathan Villar. Jonathan Villar... Um, he's got good good tools. He's got speed. He's got a nice line drive swing. But last year, uh, between Lakewood, Philadelphia, and one of Philadelphia's minor league teams, and Lancaster in the California League, Houston's uh, high A affiliate, between those two, he had 153 strikeouts. In 563 plate appearances. And what does that mean? Well, it means that he had more strikeouts than he had hits. His batting average was 260. I'm not a big batting average fan, but, you know, it's a nice little ballpark. Where's he at? 260. Not bad, right? It's okay. Maybe not for the minors, but hey, it's okay. Well, if instead of hits... You know, you, for, for batting average, you, you divide your hits by your plate appearances. If you were to do that with strikeouts, his strikeout average is 306. 46 points higher. 306. If he was hitting 306, he would be amazing. Everyone would be talking about him. He only walked 38 times. Hundred and fifty three strikeouts, thirty eight walks. So clearly his plate his plate discipline needs to be his approach at the plate needs to be refined, I think is a, a very mild way of saying it. And there's no guarantee he's gonna be a shortstop either. I mean he's got a nine thirteen fielding percentage. Nine thirteen? It's not good. It's ninety one percent. But he's just nineteen years old. So, you know, we'll give him a little time. Um Certainly, we hope he, he comes around, but not real hopeful. Another big question coming into this year. Who's going to play first base? Is it going to be Carlos Lee or is it going to be Brett Wallace? Brett Wallace, um, we got him for Anthony goes Anthony goes is a guy we got uh, from, I, I want to say the Oswald trade. I'm going to feel silly if it was the Berkman trade, but we turned him right around to get Brett Wallace. Brett Wallace is a guy that uh, the Astros have coveted, and they finally found their ch- their way to get him. And it's too bad because Ghost is probably going to end up being the better player. Uh, Wallace, you know, there's a, there's a lot to, that's been made of the fact that he has changed organizations three times before he ever made the big leagues. Started off in St. Louis, he went to Oakland, he went to Toronto, and then he came up with Houston. Um, He displayed power in the minors that he has not shown in the majors yet. And I think maybe there are a lot of you that are thinking of the S-word. And the S-word is Sakamoto. Brett Wallace is not Mark Sakamoto, first of all. <laughs> Sakamano was a third baseman who was a butcher in the field, got converted to first base, didn't have necessarily major league power. He was a good, solid player. He probably could have been a bench player, never was going to be a starter. Brett Wallace has shown tools. He has shown consistent power in the minors, and there's no reason to think that it's not going to ever translate to the majors. Everyone. Uh, just relax. He didn't do it last year, but you know that was his first time facing Major League pitchers. Um, <clears throat> there's a whole debate on whether uh, Carlos Lee should move to first base because he's terrible defensively, whether he should move to first base and someone else should fill in in left field. Now, who that's going to be, Jason Michaels, Brian Bogosevic, I don't know. But it's absurd to me. The, the upside on Wallace is so high. The, his ceiling is so high. I mean, he can't be a bench player. He needs at bats. He needs to. He needs to do it. He needs. He needs to face off against pitchers. And I'd much rather he be doing that at the major league level than than you know, in Oklahoma City. Some racket going on outside. That doesn't sound good. Wow. Anyway, so it, it, the, the upside to, to Wallace is so high. I would almost rather see Carlos Lee on the bench than to sacrifice uh, Brett Wallace having major league at-bats against major league pitchers. I would almost rather see Carlos Lee cut. If that's your option, moving him to first base and playing playing Jason Michaels – I defended Jason Michaels when we signed him. Uh, for those of you who read my blog, I signed. I, I, I defended him. I thought he was he was a great he, you know great, but he you know he was a competent fourth at fifth outfielder. He you know hit from the left side. He could play all three positions. He was competent. But when you're starting to talk about him as a starter, even in a platoon situation, you're in trouble. I mean that's not what he is. That's not the and you know listen. We have a short porch in left field with the Crawford boxes, all right? Carlos Lee does not have to cover that much ground. I mean, you know, come on. Come on. First base is not the place for him, in my opinion. So with the youth movement, a lot of you might be wondering, well, you know, what names, what new names should I be expecting to see this year? Uh, if you've been paying attention during spring training, you probably already know who Jordan Lyles is. Jordan Lyles is 20 years old. He's pitched, actually pitched well enough in spring to be a major leaguer, but he's not going to start there um, for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> One, he needs a little, a little time, a little seasoning. He's only 20 years old. He needs to start off in AAA, Oklahoma City, see some of that before coming up, and also You know, we're not going to be competing for a little while, so we want to keep him under club control as long as possible. We want to delay the the start of his service time. So you do that, you leave him in in Oklahoma City till, you know, sometime in May, and then we'll call him up, I'm sure. The first injury that happens, I'm sure he'll come up, and uh, the kid will show us what he's made of. You also might see a guy named J.B. Shuck, Jack Shuck. Jack Shuck is an outfielder from Ohio State. Um, last year, uh, in 2010, when he, he went up to round rock, he only played 36 games there though. Uh, but he went up, he played, he hit 273, 348 on base, 317 slugging. It's a terrible slugging. It's awful. I agree. That's just 36 games. Um, before he got called up, he was in Corpus, he hit 298. 372 on base, 360 slugging, which is acceptable. Uh, He's 23 years old. We got a guy named JD Martinez. He's a first baseman and an outfield power hitter in the minors. Uh, Corpus last year. He just played 50 games, but uh, he had a 302 batting average, 357 on base, 407 slugging. That's good. I mean, that's a guy that you're looking at. He's just 22 years old. His on base percentage is, is through the roof. His, his, his approach at the plate is fantastic, and that always translates. And he had a 598 slugging in Lexington before he got called up to Corpus Christi. That's pretty amazing. 598. Um. <clears throat> You, you all know brian Bogusevic. i'm sure we'll see him this year if he doesn't start on the major league roster i'm sure he'll end up there at some point uh, those of you who don't know he was drafted as a pitcher we turned him into an outfielder um, he did play a little in the majors last year he's uh hit 277 in round rock last year 364 on base 414 slugging he's 27 years old so he's no longer really a prospect so now is the time for brian Bogusevic. There is no other time he's got to do it now and he's got to do it pretty well and you know our we're a little short in the minors. I don't need to tell you guys that you know that you know we don't have a ton of talent in the minor leagues most of our decent prospects most of most of our guys are very young they're from the last two drafts you know the cupboard really was bare. I know that sounds like an excuse for Ed Wade and Bobby Heck but it really – the coverage really were bare. You know, We had a bad run in Latin America. Um, we, we, we leveraged a lot of our prospects for free agents. Uh, we, we were only trying to compete – for years we were only trying to compete on the major league level. We weren't developing talent. We weren't scouting talent very well. So, most of our decent prospects are young. They're from the last two drafts. Or they came from uh, one, either the Oswald or the Berkman trade. I mean, you're talking about uh, uh, Villar, that we were talking about earlier. You're talking about Jimmy Paredes, uh, an infielder. Talk about Mark Mellincombe, the pitcher, uh, just 26 years old. J.A. Happ, who's already 28. And Wallace. I mean, these guys are, all came from those trades. But we do have a few uh, minor leaguers to watch. Uh, two guys that I'm particularly interested in. And one is a uh, right-handed pitcher's name is Mike Fultinowitz. We took him in the first round, uh, 19th overall, 2010, out of Manuka High School in Illinois. Uh, he was the top high school player in Illinois. He's got a power arm. Uh, he's a little inconsistent. Sometimes he would throw 97 on his fastball. And then other times, uh, whole games would go by. Whole weeks would go by where he couldn't top 91. Um, He's got a longer way to go than Jordan Lyles, uh, who we also took out of high school. Um, But his ceiling is higher. He could actually be better than Jordan Lyles. And uh, this is going to be his first full season. I remember Lyles, only 20 years old. These two could end up pitching together for a long time they are talking about Fultinowitz as a guy who's just gonna do, you know, single A one year, and then double A and then triple A, and then and then eventually the majors, but, but just one a year, one level a year is what they're thinking. And then we've got an outfielder we signed in the offseason from uh, from the Dominican, his name's Ariel Ovando. Six foot four, hundred and ninety pound outfielder. We signed him for two point six million dollars, um, which is the largest bonus the Astros have ever paid for an amateur player, including out of the draft. Um, so obviously they have high expectations for him. He's got incredible tools, though he's he's it's going to be a long time before he's in major league ready. But he's exciting. He's got plus plus uh, power from the left side. He's got a, a he's got good bat speed. He's got leverage. He plays a good outfield. He's just seventeen years old, but. Uh, I think he's going to be a key piece of our future. Well, it's too soon to say that, but let me say uh, I'm excited to see if he can become a good piece of our future prospects. And the nice thing about this year is, for those of you who are longtime Astros fans, you know we 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 we've competed for a long time. All through the '90s, we competed. Um, through most of the 2000s, we've competed, and uh, the pressure's off this year. Even last year, it kind of felt like. Like oh man, you know I know we're not supposed to be good, but you never know. But if anything, the deals, the Oswalt and Berkman trades, signified a shift of attitude, in my opinion. You know, Tejada's gone, Berkman's gone, Oswalt is gone. Carlos Lee has two more years on his contract, but he's he's more or less he's useless at this point. I wish he'd retire, just save us the, 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 the pain of having to get rid of him. So now, you know, we can sit back and just enjoy the game and try to figure out what what is this team going to look like? What is this team going to be? Well, this team will be bad, that's for sure. I mean, this is a team of a lot of questions, and even if all of the questions uh, are answered this year and answered positively this year, the pitching staff pitches like they did in the second half of last year. And and, and, and Carlos Lee returns to form. And, uh, you know, Brett Wallace's minor league power numbers finally catch up to the big leagues. And, you know, Chris Johnson's big league numbers stay inflated over his minor league numbers. And, you know, even and, – and Hunter Pence stays consistent. And the little Cucaracha – Horn plays, and Bill Hall uh, provides power at second base, if everything goes right, if all of those things happen, all of those things, every conceivable good thing, everyone stays healthy, everything goes right, this team still won't win the division. Think about that. We got three teams in our division, in the Brewers, the Cardinals, and the Reds, who could conceivably end up in the World Series this year we got the Cubs, who could conceivably end up in the playoffs this year. They'll never be in the World Series. This team, we are bad. We're going to be bad. And you may hear that and you may say, well, you're not a fan, but you know what? I am a fan. I don't want them to lose. I'm not rooting against them, but I would rather have a successful team in four or five years, three, four, five years, than a team that can compete now. I'm realistic. And for once, it's not—it's nice to not have any sort of a shot. At all. At all. It's like Berkman and what was like the front office's way of taking the pressure off. Just go enjoy the game. Don't worry so much about wins and losses. And hey, Drayton's going to be selling the team apparently people are very excited about that I don't have any opinion on Drayton I don't care who is he to me he owns my favorite team in baseball well that was my first episode I'm sure it was enlightening I'm sure you're amazed I'm hoping you'll come back next week it'll be even better it'll be better next week I promise I don't promise it's a bad idea on my next episode I'm 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 gonna aim to be better so uh I will see you all around. Well, I won't see you at all, but I'm hoping that uh, that you'll listen again. And, uh, hey, let's go have a fun season. Go watch these kids grow up.